the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're so glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministry is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer for you today is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God designed you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. Ephesians 4 verse 3 says, Be eager and strive earnestly to guard and keep the harmony and oneness of and produced by the Spirit in binding in the binding power of peace. Now you remember in chapter 3, Paul, at the end of chapter 3, Paul finishes up a prayer for the Ephesians. And you remember what, the, what Paul's heart for the Ephesians was? That they come into the truth of their riches, the riches that Christ had given them, the riches of a new life, the riches of of the provision of Christ himself, and all that Christ can be through them. He wanted them to take advantage of it. That was his prayer for the Ephesians. And remember that Paul's prayer for the Ephesians is God's desire for you. Don't get lost in the history of it. It wouldn't be in there if it wasn't for you. Father's heart for you is to take advantage, to enter into, to become all that He created you to be. You're already there. He wants you to live in it, to own it. One of the chief demonstrations of the presence and the power of Christ is this miraculous work that cannot be defined by anything other than God Himself, and that is the work of unity. Do you ever think of that as being miraculous? Let me tell you something. Unity is miraculous. It can only be found in Christ. As we read through these verses, we're going to hear Paul say over and over again, One. One God. One Spirit. One faith. One body. What Paul is going to illustrate for us in his letter is that there is no division in the body of Christ. He has made us one. And as I brought out last week, there is no true unity apart from Christ. There are points of agreement, but only God can make us one. And Father has chosen to make us one in Christ. We talked about this last week, but how do we guard and keep the bond of peace? How do we keep that? Look at that verse once more, and it says, Be eager, strive earnestly to guard and keep the harmony and oneness that is produced by the power of the Spirit in the binding power of peace. Is basically what it says. Guard it. Strive to guard it, to keep it. It's already there. What he's basically saying is that live in the truth of the harmony that is in the body of Christ. 
There's a unity within the body of Christ made up of his life where every Christian is joined together into one body under the head and that function brings them to a place of agreement in Christ alone. And there is union there. I'm not talking about union of flesh. I'm talking about union of spirit. And you know what's neat about that? You know what really excites me about that? It's the fact that there is already unity there. I don't have to create it. I don't have to build it into other people. And when, when Paul exhorts us, be one, be one, you'll hear him over, over, over and over again, even through other epistles where he is declaring, stay united in truth. Do not allow there to be factions and dissensions. You know why? In order for there to be factions and dissensions, you have to walk away from truth. That we are connected, we are in union by a singular truth. We share the life of Christ. We're not going to share the life of Christ. We're not going to get to the place where we all share the life of Christ. We all, as Christians, share the life of Christ. And is Christ divided? No. And why is that exciting to me? Because I don't have to create it. I am literally born into union with Him. Any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. He has been born again. You have been born in union with Christ. What Paul is saying about this at the top, he is saying, determine, decide, own the truth of your union with Christ, and thereby, in the truth of that union, you guard the oneness that you have with your brothers and sisters in Christ. If you approach your relationship from the truth of your oneness in Christ, then you're not so caught up with the externals. It's the externals that drive us apart. It's our distinctives that we hold on to that say, this is who we are. Listen, Christian, I will tell you who you are. You're not a Baptist. You're not a non-denominational. You're not a Presbyterian. You're not any of those things. You are Christ. Christ's child, His work, His creation. That's what you are. Nothing more, nothing less. If you try to establish yourself in any other thing, you'll find division. Only when we walk in the truth of our union with Christ by faith can we experience the harmony and oneness produced by the Spirit. If you live out of the true union and oneness of the Spirit, then there is no division, for we agree on the central truth of our existence, that is Jesus. If you seek to unify the flesh, you create division. Anytime man tries to unify himself in anything other than Jesus or bring a group together in anything other than Jesus, you create a division. Even as a, as a small boy, I can remember when you walk out on the playground, you get the lay of the land and there's a there's a... Playground politics is what I call it, but adults do it too. And basically you have the in crowd, right? And then you got the out crowd. But you know what I figured out is the in crowd, the only way they stay in place is by constantly creating the out crowd. For if the out crowd wasn't created, they wouldn't be the in crowd. Did I lose anybody? But that's the truth. They have to create the out crowd in order to have the in crowd, and they want to be the in crowd. And what happens with men, as long as we try to create union in anything other than Jesus, we're going to have an in crowd and an out crowd. They have to divide because there's too many variables. If I say, okay, we're going to have a group over here that's going to be the blonde-headed group, 
What have I just done? I've just isolated all of the redheads and the browns and the brunettes and the blacks. They all have to stay out. If I say it's just going to be the blue-eyed crew, then it's all the brown-eyed guys are out. You see, in order to create that unity in one thing, I have totally alienated all these others. In order to have an in-crowd, I have to have an out-crowd. But here's the truth. When we have union with Christ, there is no division. For the Christian, there is union. There is no out-crowd. So here's what you can believe. Wherever there is division, somebody walked away from truth. There you have it. Wherever there is division, somebody walked away from truth. Because who is truth? Jesus. Is there any division in Christ? No. The religious community is the worst. Every group guards their distinctives rather than the truth of their union. And as I said in the following passages, Paul is going to continually use the word one in order that we understand that there is no division. Starting in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 4 through 6, here's what it reads in the Amplified. There is one body and one spirit, just as there is also one hope that belongs to the calling you received. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all, who is above all, sovereign over all, and pervading all, and living in us all. Paul uses seven examples of the truth of our oneness. It is important for us to remember that we're already there as Christians. That each one of these things represent edifices to the fact that we are one with Him. For none of these things would we be able to participate in if we weren't in Christ. We'll start with the first one. He starts with one body. Now we know that he's not talking about a physical body, or the statement couldn't be true. He's talking about the body of Christ. Now doctors would agree that if there's any portion of the human body that is not working in harmony with the rest of the body, you've got a body that's sick, right? You've got a body that's, that's not working. But here's the truth. In the body of Christ, there is no problem. In the body of Christ, there's no division. It always operates in harmony. It always operates in union. It always operates from the head. Now, let me ask you, where is the issue? If we are all part of the one body, and what Paul is illustrating is our union in Christ, what Paul is illustrating is our being under the headship, there is no difference between this illustration and the vine and the branches. In the vine and the branches, where the branches is the vine, and every bit of our source of life and direction comes from the vine. It is His life flowing through us as branches that allows us to be alive, to be actually part of the vine. We're in union with Him, and it is His life. No less true in the body of Christ. We're in union with Him. It is His body. It's not our body. It's His body. And each one of you are a functioning part of that body. Now, that's pretty cool. Now, Paul illustrates the issue of of dissension within the body when he talks about the gifts, and he he, uh, addresses it in 1 Corinthians 12, 16 through 18. He says, If an ear should say, Because I'm not the eye, I do not belong to the body, would it be therefore not a part of the body? And if the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? 
And if the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God has placed, now listen to this, as it is, God has placed and arranged the limbs and organs in the body, each particular one of them just as he wished and saw fit with the best adaptation. With the best adaptation. Do you hear how wonderful a promise that is? Not just a promise, but a truth. That every one of us is part of the body of Christ. God's not trying to shoehorn us in. He's not cutting around on us trying to make us fit in. He has made us, created us for a specific function that He has designed to put forth through us that we're perfectly suited for. God doesn't try to make eyes hear or ears see. You were created as a portion of the body to be used of Him for a specific purpose. And listen to this. He has perfectly adapted you for that use. Is that not glorious? I mean, think about it. You're not having to push and shove yourself into a, into a position. You were created in a position when you were born again in Christ. A new creation. The new creation of an eye for the body of Christ to see, to be able to embrace creation, to be able to see the wonders of His, of His beauty. A new creation of an ear, exclusively, uniquely made with the capacity to hear each portion of the body uniquely adapted for His purposes. What are you despairing over, Christian? For God has made it so clear and so real. All you need to do is own it by faith. Own it. You're not becoming something. You are something. Understand that. What we see through a glass dimly and does not yet appear. We do not yet see it. But does it mean that it's not there? We live this life by faith. But one day we'll see clearly. We'll see the clear truth. Faith shall be made sight. And we will see that we are like Him. And we will see that all of the things that we thought were life and all of the things that we attached importance to that grieved us, that constantly took us on one emotional roller coaster after another, were not God's original intention, but that He fulfilled His purpose in you. That He adapted you. That He brought it about in you. He did it. He alone. Without your help. For you were created for Him. Our union is not based on externals. We see the unraveling of relationships or friendships when we base those relationships on anything other than Jesus. How many times have you been down that road? I guarantee you that if you have a friendship or you have a relationship that's unraveling, you, I can guarantee you the source of the problem is that that foundation was built on something other than Jesus or has become something other than Jesus focused. It's about my rights. It's about how things should be for me. It's about what they should do. It's about what I should do. It's about how we get along. Or it's about how we don't get along. If it's based on anything other than Christ Jesus, it'll unravel. And I'm going to tell you something. It needs to. It needs to. 
It needs to unravel so it can start again in truth. So that we can recognize our union is not in externals, it's in Him. We base our relationships on externals, we're going to fall apart. We'll enter into comparisons and look for external conformity rather than spiritual bond. Can you relate to that? Ephesians 2.16 says, And he designed, he designed to reconcile God to both Jew and Gentile, united in a single body by the means of the cross, thereby killing the mutual enmity and bringing the feud to an end. He designed to reconcile to God, both Jew and Gentile, that's every man, and united them in a single one body. One body. He designed it that way. I am so glad. You know why? Because I look to one God, one Lord, one truth. And I'm a simple creature. I couldn't handle any more than that. And He knows it. I'm unified about the central truth that God has designed me and for the one body by means of His cross. And where is the enmity? Where is the feuding? Where is the fighting? He brought it to an end in Christ. Let me tell you something. If you've got issues between one another, you want to know where you can end it? I don't care if you're married. I don't care if you're just friends. You want to know where you can end it? Where was it brought to an end? In Christ. Where did God bring all points of division to an end? In Christ. It's a done deal. We are one in Christ. But we have to walk in that oneness by faith in order to experience the truth of it. Colossians 3.15 says, And let the peace, so harmony, which comes from Christ's rule, act as umpire continually in your hearts, deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your mind, in that peaceful state to which as members of Christ's one body you were called to live and to be thankful and appreciative giving praise to God always. The verse says, let, let the peace and the soul harmony comes. That means you have to allow the Spirit of Christ to bring harmony. Listen, He's bringing soul harmony. Now you remember what your soul is, right? It's your mind, will, and emotions. How does He bring harmony to the mind, will, and emotions? He brings it by bringing you back to one central truth. You are His. And He is your life. Christ is your center. And He is your hope. He is your provision. He is your healing. He is your truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And He brings the soul back to that central place where the mind says, Yes, I am determined to believe that God is one and He is my union with Him. I am determined to walk out of that union I am determined to live this life by Him, by the truth of His life within me. When He does that, when the will makes that decision, the mind takes it, the emotions have to slowly but surely come along, and we bring harmony. And here's the interesting thing is, the way this verse reads, you could look at it two ways. You could believe that God brings harmony to you. But here's what I believe. I believe you enter into the harmony that's already there. There's harmony in the body of Christ. 
There's harmony in His presence. There is peace in His presence. And we already have it. We have the Prince of Peace within us. And we must recognize His life within us and yield to His life within us in order for us to participate in that peace. It's the walk of faith, guys. It's the truth. Well, my life's going to hell in a handbasket, like they say. My life's having all these difficulties. I'm having all these issues. So-and-so did this, and, and this happened, and that happened. And you start rehearsing all of the reasons. And you know what? Here's the interesting thing about us. We, we hold on to misery by faith just as much as we hold on to peace by faith. More so. You talk to people who are miserable and worried. What are they miserable and worried about most of the time? What might happen? Well, you've got to take that by faith, don't you? You've got to be miserable by faith. Uh, isn't that funny? But you take the truth that you are one in Christ, that He is your peace, He is your rest, He is your Lord, He is your Savior, He is your Redeemer, He is your salvation, and you take hold of that and you say, I will walk in that by faith. By faith, regardless of what this world is doing, I have been redeemed. I have been delivered. I have been healed. I have been blessed. I have been given all that I need for this life in Christ Jesus. I'm going to take that by faith I'm going to live it by faith that's your choice or you can by faith believe you're miserable believe your misery is coming believe it's only going to get worse the verse says let which means you've got to choose by yielding to him you fall into the harmony of the body of Christ if your body will not yield to the head then there is no harmony we don't experience the harmony apart from the head He says in the verse, one spirit. There is no division in the spirit. He is the working of the divine will in the child of God. That's what the spirit does. He brings forth the divine will in you. He implements the divine will in you. He empowers the divine will in you. He is our teacher. He is our counselor. He is our leader. He is our empowerer. You know, God made it real simple. I've been around a lot of people that spend a lot of time trying to trying to get the spirit to come, get the spirit to come. Got to get the spirit. Got to got to got to move the spirit. Got to move the spirit. Listen, folks, you just have to recognize him, acknowledge he's here. You want to be filled with the spirit? Well, let me tell you something. It's like you've got an ocean banked behind a door. Just open the door, and you don't get flooded. Yield to the truth of the spirit of God within you. And be filled with it. What does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? It means to let the truth of the Spirit permeate permeate your soul, your mind, will, and emotion. Bringing it into the harmony of truth. One truth. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Choose Him. There's no division in Him. There can never be a division between the Spirit of God and the will of God. And He will implement the will of God in your life. John 16, verses 13 through 14. But when the Spirit of truth, the truth-giving Spirit, comes, He will guide you into all the truth, the whole truth. Does it say He might guide you? Does it say if you get the decoder ring and you join up, He'll guide you? Does it say if you lift your hands and jump a few pews, He'll guide you? Does it say if you memorize the Bible, He'll guide you? 
No, He is saying He will guide you. Regardless of what you think you might bring to the table, He's going to ignore that so it doesn't get in the way. And He's going to guide you anyway. He will guide you. He will guide you into all the truth. The whole truth. The full truth. Not parts of it. For He will not speak of His own message on His own authority, but He will tell you whatever He hears. From the Father, He will give the message that has been given to Him. He will announce and declare to you the things that are to come that will happen in the future. The things that you need to know. Which has nothing to do with the Dow Jones. But it has everything for you to do with the fact that Christ is victorious and He's coming. He's coming. I'll tell you what else is prophecy. Prophecy is that you're going to see that you're like Him. Prophecy is that you're going to recognize Him and see all that He has been to you at one day. Prophecy is that one day you'll see that you've been healed. Prophecy is that one day you'll see that you have been fulfilled in a way that the earth could never touch or approach or come close to. Prophecy is is that you're going to see that you are one with Him. Prophecy is is that you're going to experience entering into an eternal relationship that's going to make this little stint here on earth seem like a short bathroom trip. Thank you for joining us today for His Life Revealed, the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship. We hope today's message has encouraged you to yield to His life in every situation. Rest in His life, moment by moment, and receive from His life all that you need to show Christ in this world. To get to know us better, visit us on the web at hislifefellowship.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. And join us for worship services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 7015 Wurzbach Road. If this message has blessed you, you can help support this program with your gift to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 781-529, San Antonio, Texas, 78278. And now, before we go, our prayer for you this coming week is that the image of the invisible God would be visible in you and that you would remember that wherever you go, whatever you do, the hope of glory is Christ in you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.